to Faith on Fire, the broadcast that encourages believers to ignite the power of faith in their lives. Join us now as Pastor Vince Haney and Pastor Richard Hoyt Jr. bring the Word of God to fuel your faith. another edition of Faith on Fire. I am Pastor Richard Hoyt Jr. from the Community Church of God. And I am Pastor Vince Haney from Rama Word of Faith, the Word Church. We are talking again this week about meditation as a key to the kingdom. And before we went on the air today, we were talking about the fact that so often there we have a reason why we can't take part in the Word of God. We have a reason why we can't meditate on the Word of God. We have a reason why we can't share the Word of God we're, we're too young. Someday when we get older or we think that we're um, now we've got kids and we're too busy someday when we're not as busy and then our kids leave home and then we realize, oh, man, I better start saving a lot of money for retirement. I, I'm way behind. And so someday when we retire, then we'll have time to read and to study and to do the work of God. And then we get older and we retire and we say, man, I'm too old now. I wish I was younger. I could get around a lot better when I was younger, and I could remember stuff better when I was younger, and and it was easier when I was younger. And so it just seems like whether we're young, we're middle-aged, we're older, no matter where we're at in life, if we're not careful, there can become an excuse of why we're not meditating on the Word of God, why we're not listening to the Word of God, why we're not sharing with people the Word of God. And want to look at uh, the youth First of all, um, Luke chapter 2, if you've never read Luke chapter 2 in a while, begin at verse 41. There's a story there about Jesus and his family at the temple, and we won't read it all verse for verse, but every year his parents went to Jerusalem for the feast of the Passover, and when he was 12 years old, so Jesus is only 12. Most people would think, well, 12-year-old, that's too young to be talking about the Word of God. Someday when they get older, people will listen. Someday when... Um, they're older, they'll be wise enough to have people listen. Someday when they're older, they'll they'll be willing to share. Well, Jesus is 12 years old. And after the feast, we are told, his parents were on the way home and they didn't see him. And they thought, oh, well, he's probably somewhere in the group because obviously they weren't traveling alone. They were in the caravan. A big group. And they're like, well, so obviously he must be with some other relative. He must be with somebody somewhere in the group and, and we'll find him later. And then they realize after a few days that he's not there. So they go back. And when they get there, it says in verse 47 of chapter 2 in Luke, everyone who heard him was amazed at his understanding and his answers. And when his parents saw him, they were astonished. His mother said to him, son, why have you treated us like this? Your father and I have been anxiously searching for you. They were three days, we are told before they realized he was gone. And so they've been looking for him for these three days. And he says to them in verse 49, Why were you searching for me, he asked. Didn't you know that I had to be in my father's house? 
but they did not understand what he was saying to them. And so Jesus is only 12 years old, and already he can quote scripture, he can speak with authority, people know that he knows what he's talking about. And we'll say, well, he's the son of God. Of course, he's the son of God. And of course, he would know scripture. And of course, he would speak with authority. And of course, of course, of course. What you have to understand is that we are co-heirs with Christ. We are brothers with Christ. We are the children of God. And he wants to give us wisdom. He wants to give us understanding. He wants us to be able to speak the word of God with authority, with understanding, with knowledge, so that we can share with people and they would know that we also knew the Lord and that we knew his word. And so it doesn't matter if you're 12, doesn't matter if you're 16, 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, 70, 80 even. And we're going to talk about people who were 80 years old that God used. It doesn't matter in any of that. Age does not matter. What matters is that you are meditating on the word of God day and night. And what matters is, is that you're listening to the Holy Spirit day and night. And God will give his wisdom to you. And you will be able to share that knowledge. You will be able to share that word with the people that you meet. And so you can be a student in high school. You can be a student in elementary school. I know my daughters, when they were, by the time they were in high school, they knew the Bible pretty well. They could probably hold their own against anybody in town as to what the Bible actually said and what the Bible meant. And that can be with anybody. And so you get older, you can still learn the Bible. You can still know the word of God and you can still share the word of God with other people. And we're going to talk later about Abraham. You know, he's 80 years old, and God says, here, I've got some work for you. Now, first of all, Abraham said, well, I stutter, and I do this, and I do that, and I really, I don't think I can do it. See, we all have these excuses. I'm too young. I'm too busy. I'm too old. I stutter. I, I whatever. And God says, you know what? It's not about you. If you are obedient to me, if you listen to my word and you meditate on my word and you are open to my word and you're open to my spirit and you will let me lead you and guide you, your age does not matter. You can share the gospel with other people. Amen. Wow. There's a lot of revelation just in that scripture in Luke. And again, about your testimony concerning your daughter. And I know you shared a little more with me uh, during the break. But I, I want to pick this up at uh, Luke 2, 46, verse 2, I mean, chapter 2, verse 46. Listen, so now, now, so it was that after three days, they found him in the temple, sitting in the midst of the teachers, both listening to them and asking them questions. The scripture says that we're all to be students of the scriptures. He said in Ephesians, he gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints. Again, we have to allow ourselves to be taught because we come into the kingdom with a kingdom of darkness mindset. And your mind, you have to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And biblical meditation or meditating on the word of God is the only thing that's going to do that. And, and I was just looking at the latter part of 46. It says... He was sitting in the midst of the teachers. I mean, he, he must have been there to learn something. If he was sitting in the midst of the teachers, it says both listening to them and asking, 
asking them questions. That sounds like a pupil, a student, a disciple to me. And look at verse 47. And all who heard him were astonished at his understanding and answers. Meaning he had understanding. And the scripture says in Proverbs 4, 7, in all you're getting, get understanding. And a lot of God's people don't have understanding. But don't mean it's not available. They just won't take the time. Like Jesus was sitting, they don't want to submit to a, a teacher and, and get understanding because, again, we come into the kingdom with our knowing everything we think we need to know, and that's the problem. We come to get the new seed, which is the word of God, but we bring that old with it, and then we try to add the old, what we know, to this new thing, and it ain't going to work. And Jesus summed it up like this. He said, you can't put new wine in old wineskins. So that's why he, Jesus said in Matthew 15, he said, every plant that my heavenly father has planted shall be uprooted. You got to let the old world beliefs or systems that they taught you, you got to allow that to be uprooted first and for, in order for the new seed to take root and grow. Because that old seed will try to eat up. Remember the wayside, stony ground? It'll try to eat up that new seed and, and tell you all oh, this stuff ain't not real. The Bible ain't real because mom and them taught you this. This is what we've been doing in this family for generations. Well, you're in the new family now. You're in the family of God, the kingdom of God. So, again, I was just looking at that. So he was asking them questions. Look, verse 47, and all who heard him were astonished at his understanding and answers. That's what you were saying about your daughter. All the religious people, the church people heard, they were astonished at her understanding. And I wrote right there in my Bible, me as a student. And I did this years ago. Because I'm a, I'm a student. But I wanted to drop down to verse 49. And he said to them, Jesus, why did you seek me? Did you not know that I must be about my father's business? I know your translation says my father's house, but I like my translation. He said, did you not know I'd be about my daddy, my father's business? Meaning I'm here to conduct business on my heavenly father's account on I'm about his business so I'm doing what he commanded me to do and the same thing with us we're supposed to be about kingdom business part of that kingdom business is going to make disciples part of that kingdom business to be used as ambassadors to reconcile people back to God and first of all in order to be effective in the kingdom of God and and do what God's commanded us to be you got to be transformed by the renewing of your mind the only thing that's going to renew your mind is the word of God and he tells us that we to meditate on it day and night. And I'm just going to go real quick back to uh, Psalms 1. Look what he tells us back in Psalms 1. Blessed is the man. And a lot of people, I'm going to drop some revelation right now, because a lot of people just read that. Blessed is the man. Well, I tell people, especially in my congregation, when you're reading, studying the Bible, get you a Bible dictionary. Or know what the words mean that you're reading. Just don't read it. Oh, okay. Because blessed to me, this is what I learned from my teachers. Blessed means to be empowered and prosperous, empowered to pros prosper and succeed in life. It also means the power of God that overrides the curse. That's what blessed means to me. The power of God that overrides the curse. Because remember, God set Adam and Eve in the garden, and the scripture said he blessed them. Then he told why he blessed. He blessed them and he spoke. Go, subdue, take dominion, replenish. Well, because he spoke that into them, they can go do that. He, he blessed them. He empowered them to prosper and succeed in what he told them to do. And his power 
is the power that overrides any curse because it's God before you who can be against you. So well, you, you know, as you were reading chapter Psalm 1, verse 1, when you go down to the end of verse 3, he says, whatever he does prospers. Well, there it is. That's that, what that, blessed that, me. And that's there. what I was getting to. But let, let's read a little more. Let's go. We're going to go to verse 2. But his delight. Now, you got to underline delight because you, you got to delight yourself in the Lord. If you're coming to the God and you have no delight, that's not your... your you're not pleased with doing the will of God. You're just doing it out of selfish ambition or because somebody made you. When you delight in something, you do it because you enjoy it. So he says his delight or his enjoyment is in the word of the Lord. Richard, me and you, we we delight. We love studying the word. It's no problem. We talk about how we get up in the morning. First thing, meditating and praying and studying the word of God. So that's what he says about this particular Believer, his delight is in the word of Lord. Lord, look, and in his law or his word, he he does something. He meditates in it. How long? He says day and night. I'm always thinking about what God said, because remember, you're gonna always move in the direction of your most dominant thoughts. So if my thoughts are always what God said constantly, regardless of what situation or circumstance I'm in, that's the direction I'm gonna move, and I know I'm moving towards the direction of victory. Triumphing, overcoming, because that's because the gospel is good news <laughs> and God is positive. <laughs> so if I'm constantly meditating on what He said, I'm going to move in that direction. Well, we're going to be blessed, and empowered to prosper. Right, right, prosper. right, right. So it's, it's good. It's good to delight in the Lord. But look what else He said. He went to expound on what He was saying. He or she shall be like a tree. There's not one tree. And remember what Jesus said about a tree: you'll know it by its fruit, by what it's producing. He said, "Tree planted by rivers of waters." Now, there's certain type, but you can plant a tree in a desert, and you can plant one by the rivers of water. Which one is going to be more fruitful? <laughs> the one that has a water source close to it. He just said, this is the type of tree you're going to be. You're not going to be one planted in the desert where it's starving for water. He said, you're going to be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. Yeah, that may be constantly getting nourished with that, that flow of water. Look, that brings forth its fruit in its season. He said, you're always going to be fruitful. And I'm reminded of what Jesus said in John 15. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you stay connected to me, you're going to produce fruit. And the Father's going to be glorified in this. And now look what he said. Whose leaf also shall not wither. That means I'm going to always produce. Because you know, different seasons, leaves, leaves start to wither, right? He said, yours won't ever wither. If you do this, see, you got to do what he said. Meditate on the word day and night. Your leaf... Your, whose leaf also shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. Meaning whatever I do to the glory of God is going to prosper. Now that's good news for a guy like me that came out of the hood, <laughs> that had the past that I had. This is good news. So that's why I said, you know what? I tell people, a lot of people come into my life from back in the day, and I tell them this is where I'm at right now. The word of God has transformed me. I'm now being conformed or transformed into the image of Jesus because this is what I do. I meditate. I'm thinking about what God said. I don't. Yeah, I know what the doctor said. I know what they said. You're black, stay back. I know what the government said, but I'm in the government of the kingdom, so I know what my king has said. Yeah, I know your president probably said this, your council people, your mayor, but my king, <laughs> my leader, remember, elect Jesus, he said this. My God said this. So I'm an ambassador for him, and he's my Lord. There's a difference. Some people just want Jesus to be their Savior. 
but he wants to be your Lord and Savior. Lord means your owner. So my owner said this. So I only do what, like Jesus said, I only do what the Father said. So that's what he wants us to be. And when you start doing this, meditating on that word, no devil in hell can stop you. Just like Jesus said, the gates of hell shall not prevail against you. Don't mean you ain't going to go through stuff, but you're an overcomer. See, and once again, we go back to this age thing. Because you were relatively old, and so was I. We were older when we became believers. Mm -hmm. um, I was younger than you, but I was still 27. <laughs> I was um, 37. <laughs> right. And my, my children, when they became mm -hmm. believers, were very young, probably like less Train than Train up 10. a child. And so we come back to this age and where we say, well, you know, they're just a kid. Or people will say, as they read there in Luke chapter two, they'll say, well, Jesus was the son of God. Of course, he knew a lot of stuff. Of course, he had a lot of revelation. Of course, he had these things. But you know what? We forget we are the children of God. Amen. We I was thinking about that when you was reading children that. children of God. God wants to give us revelation too. He wants to give us wisdom too. He wants to give us knowledge too. And so it doesn't matter how old you are. You can't say, well, I, they're just a kid. They someday they they might know what God wants them to know. Someday they might be able to understand the word of God. They can do it now, even as kids, because God can give his wisdom to young people. David was like 17. He right. had more wisdom than all the rest of the soldiers in that whole army. Right. And, and God's no respect to persons. Right. So it wasn't a question yeah. of, hey David, why don't you wait till you're like 15 years well, old? Well, see, we do that in our back. society, because in in our society, you gotta hit certain age limits for you can have privileges. 16 to drive, 21 to drink. 18 all, to vote. Yeah, yeah. You know, it, so they're not voting age. They're well, not see, worth remember, listening to that, about this. That's scripture. in this world system. In the kingdom, God is rich towards all who call upon him. He just wants somebody to come with believing. That's why he said, let the children come. But, you know, nobody went to David and said, you know, you're only 17. Next year, be voting age at 18. Then we'll Well, listen well you to can't you. join the military until you're 18. Right. <laughs> I mean, it was God had given him wisdom at that age. And for everybody's different. But it doesn't matter what age you are at. You are a child of God. God wants to give you wisdom. He wants to give you knowledge. And he wants to give you those things so that you can then share them with other people. Jesus didn't. It's amazing to me how sometimes people think that Christians should be cloistered away. And I'm not saying like a nun or anything. I'm talking about go home, close the drapes, lock the door, and not have anything to do with the world. We can't be tainted by the world. We got to remain pure. <sighs> We've got to just hang out in church and then zip home as fast as we can so that we can stay pure. Jesus never went and just hung out on a mountain. Had Jesus taken his 12 disciples and just went and hung out on a mountaintop somewhere, then the idea of Christians just hiding away, I guess, would make sense. But when Jesus was alive in the world, he went out into the world. He took his disciples with him. He went by himself. He was out in the world. He was meeting real people with real hurts, with real sins, with real illnesses, and he was dealing with them right where they were. That is the biblical model for us, is that regardless of whatever age we are, we're not too young, we're not too old, we're not too in the middle, Whatever, wherever we are, 
that he wants to give us that same wisdom, that same knowledge that we might use it in his kingdom to bring people to him. Amen. I was just looking at the scripture over in Galatians chapter 2, verse 6. It says, but from those who seem to be something, whatever they were, it makes no difference to me. God shows no personal favoritism to no man. <laughs> so he's no respect of persons. And it says that I believe in Romans also. But God, he's like that. He just want God loves so love the world. He loves and every children are in the world. He loves everybody. And he wants to show himself mighty in everybody's life. That's why I'm always encouraging children. It, learn. Learn what the scripture says. Jesus said, man. When he said man, he wasn't just specifically talking about gender. He meant humans right. shall not Mankind. live by bread alone, but by every word. That means children, too. And actually, the scripture commands us to train up a child. And it says train them up in the admiration of the Lord. You got to teach at home. You need to be teaching your children biblical meditation, biblical principles. You need to be giving them the keys to the kingdom because they're going to make their way prosperous and they're going to have good success as they apply those principles. It don't matter. Gravity works anywhere on the earth. The kingdom principles work anywhere on the earth, too, because Jesus said, pray this way or believe like this, thy kingdom come. God's kingdom come. His will will be done on earth <laughs> as it is in heaven. So it doesn't matter. You know, God's no respect to person. He'll work through anybody. It's just he wants a believing spirit. And we are spirits. We live in a body. And he said, just believe the word because the word says in Thessalonians, the word of God works effectively in those who believe. He didn't say age. He just says those who believe. But just meditate it. Meditation brings revelation. It gives you the faith you need to step out. Once you start meditating on that word day and night, it'll build your faith up. That's how, again, that's another way to build your faith on fire is to meditate on the word day and night. Because God's going to speak to you. He's going to show you some things as you're meditating on. Now you'll have the confidence in God's word. Because Jesus is the word of God. You have the confidence to step out. Just like Peter got out of the boat. What Jesus is referred to in Revelations as the word of God. Well, the word of God, Jesus was walking on the water. Peter and his boys was in the boat. And they thought it was a ghost. And Jesus said, don't be afraid, it is I. And Peter, looking at the word of God, which is Jesus, and said, Lord, if that be you, bid me to come and do it. Jesus said, come on, the word. See, the word. But he'd been hanging out with the word for probably three years which is Jesus. So he had an understanding of, you know, who this was. Cause Peter even said, when Jesus said, who do men say I am? He said, well, some say this, that, that. And Jesus said, well, who do you say I am? He said, well, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. So Peter had some understanding or some revelation cause he'd been literally hanging out with the word of God and, and thinking and pondering on what God's saying. These cats, these cats, these disciples hung out with Jesus every day. Every day they lived, ate, and saw how Jesus operated and demonstrated. Remember, they, they didn't just go home every night after school. They hung out. So they saw and Jesus. And they didn't just come to church on Sunday. Right. It was every day. Home. So they had an understanding or a revelation of the, what the truth was. Jesus said he was the way, the truth, and the life. And so when the truth or the word of God told Peter to come, Peter said, okay. And we know what the naysayers said. They were like, Peter, don't do it. We can imagine what they were saying because they didn't get out. <laughs> you know, all of them could have well, came. probably sitting there thinking, well, let's see what happens. To right, you. right. Well, that's what we do in church. <laughs> let's see if it, this healing stuff won't work on Richard, and then I go up in the healing line. No, no, no. We walk by faith, not by sight. 
So if the word of God, and I say faith in the word of God, if the word of God says this is who you are, this is what you have, this is what you can do, your job is just to say, I believe, I receive, and then act on it. It ain't going to make sense, but just act on it because we walk by faith. It didn't make sense for Jesus, first of all, to be walking on the water, and it definitely well, that's didn't. Why they thought he was a ghost. Right, right, right. They thought he was a ghost. Seen people walking on water up to that point. Right, 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 right. So then, when Peter had enough faith to even say, people like to criticize Peter because he began to sink, but at least, least he got out. At least he got out of the boat. I call it the boat of doubt and unbelief. He got out of that boat named doubt and unbelief, and he began to walk. And Jesus said, "You know why he began to sink?" The scripture said he looked at the wind. And, and he, he heard the wind. He started operating by the system. Well, he started realizing, hey, I can't do this. Oh, no, no. Well, he looked at the circumstances around him. He says he seen the wind and he heard it, boisterous, and he began to fear. Fear and faith don't work together. No, 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 no. It's like water and oil. It don't work. All he had to do was keep his eyes fixed and focus on the word, which is Jesus. Remember? Run with endurance the race that was set before you, looking unto Jesus, the author of and the finisher of your faith. If he just kept looking at Jesus and stopped looking at, that's what we do in life. We look at all the, the bills that came in, all the negative reports. He said, no, don't focus on that. Remember, because you're always going to move in the direction of your most dominant thoughts. If he'd have kept his mind right on Jesus, he'd have made it right to Jesus. But even in the midst of the diversity, he started looking at the circumstances. The scripture said he began to sink. But did he sink? Did he drown that day? No, he didn't. Jesus still lifted his hands and, Lord, and, help me. and lifted them up. One of the shortest, most heartfelt prayers ever in the Bible. There it is. Lord, help me. Did the Lord help him? <laughs> he did. Because I heard he was a very present help in a time of need. Right. So there it is. So we still got the victory, folks. So we got to meditate on God's word day and night. This is one of my favorite keys to the kingdom, biblical meditation. A lot of people, because they're too busy. See, they don't have the victory because they're too busy meditating on everything else except the word. And you got to really... Realize the word says in Hebrews 4.12, it's living. It's a living organism. It's powerful. He says it's sharper than any two-edged sword. I mean, it'll cut anything. It'll cut that doubt and unbelief out you. It'll cut through your problems. Once you plant it in, you got to keep your mind fixed and focus on it. Scripture says, I believe in Isaiah, he will keep those in perfect peace whose mind is stayed and fixed and trusted on him. I believe that's the Amplified. But he'll keep them in perfect peace. I mean, You'll have that wholeness, that calmness, even in the midst of the storm. Remember, this same another time on the boat, Jesus was sleeping when the storm came. <laughs> Jesus was sleeping when the storm came. They woke him up and said, Rabbi, Rabbi, right, right, right. are you are you concerned about us dying? And what did Jesus do, Brother Richard? Well, he got up. Be calm. Be calm and went back to sleep. Well, right now we're out of time, but we're definitely out of, not out of faith. So join us again uh, tomorrow for another exciting uh, episode of Faith on Fire. Remember, as you go through this week, keep living and walking by faith. If this broadcast has been a blessing to you, we ask that you consider sending a love offering to Faith on Fire, P.O. Box 7508, Chico, California, 95927, which allows this broadcast to continue in your local area. 
Again, that's Faith on Fire, P.O. Box 7508, Chico, California, 95927. Please join us next time on this great station for more Faith on Fire.